Hello and welcome to Logos in Life Community Church, where the revelation of God's Word meets life application, where you have the freedom to worship and serve. If you ever find yourself in Shreveport, Louisiana, we would love for you to join us. But for now, join us for a message that is already in progress. says, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with good will, as to the Lord okay. and not to man. Right. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours in heaven and that there is no partiality in him. Amen? Yeah. Brother Grass, with us in the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall remain always. Today I would like to talk to you on the topic um, a work that pleases God. Working to please God. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We are going to work in a way that pleases God. And and one thing I just want to let you know about this book. I got you know I keep having a recap because I want to make sure we don't lose anybody. This book is about transformation. He's talking again to the church of Ephesus, a group of Gentiles that thought they were exempt who at one time was um, orphans or alienated from the commonwealth, who has now been chosen by God and adopted by God, amen? amen? Who was once dead in sin, now you are alive in Christ, amen? amen. The ones who just like um, Leandria sing, this is my exodus, and she says, I'm saying goodbye to the old me and hello to the new me, the exodus. That's where this text is as well, where it says I'm going to, Putting off the old man. Yeah, yeah. Putting on the new man. These are all transformations. Amen? Amen. And we walk or live in a way that is worthy of the fact that we have been called yeah. children of God. Yeah. And Paul is challenging them right now and challenging all of us today mm -hmm. that we should be living relationship-driven lives. And, and when we do relationship-driven lives, you will see that we will produce relationship-driven services. Amen. A relationship-driven service. Well, Pastor, what, what does that mean? That means that everything you do is filtered through your relationship with God. Mm, so if it don't please God, you may not want to do it. The hell is the matter. Whatever it is you're trying to go, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to go to heaven. And, and how about I just bring it a little bit more practical? If, if you're going to school and you want to be a nurse, the first thing you need to do after you find out what it takes to be a nurse, find out what it takes not to be. And then when you see I can't have a criminal record or I can't have a lot of drug charges or I can't be abusing prescriptions and, and all these things you learned you can't be in order to be should guide and filter how you accomplish what you accomplish. Tell us about it. 
So basically, that's your relationship with where you're going. So tonight, Paul wants us to see. And he's covering the house again. Because you got to remember, remember he started transforming relationships. Paul began to look at, um, Paul is writing to transform, transform the way God's people go to work. He's trying to transform the way God people work the way they work. If I walked on your job and I didn't know your name, just by your attitude and your actions, will I know your relationship with God? Paul's overall concern is for the Christians. And his overall concern for the Christians was that we are called to serve the Lord wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, no matter what position we are in, whether you are boss or employee, whether you are parents or child, whether you are husband or wife, no matter what it is, we are to do it as unto, come on now, unto the Lord. Paul basically also wants us to see that the way a Christian shows up to work should be totally different than the world shows up to work. See, I know every supervisor and, 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 and all the supervisors want to hear the first four verses. Now, the, the, the last verse, they're going to they're get quiet. But, but, but the first four, they're going to say, like, every employee should be here today, Pastor. Their attitude and their overall quality of work should be different. Paul is still teaching about the household. At the end of chapter 5, he teaches how the husband's relationship with God drives how he loves his wife. Amen? Of how he sacrifices to his wife. Mm -hmm. The wife's relationship with God drives how she's willing to submit and be submissive unto her own husband. The children relationship to their parents. I mean, the children relationships to their God. Mm -hmm. Amen? is shown and driven by the fact that they choose to obey their parents. Yeah, and now we get down to slaves. Okay? I know what happened when black people hear slaves. Your ears get closed. And I know in, in some texts it says bond servants. Yeah, but yeah. in the King James it says slaves. Let me help you. Especially in Ephesus, a quarter of the population were slaves. And it wasn't slave by race. See, when we hear slave, we hear black people in bondage being mistreated. That's not what this is referring to. See, you could be a slave back in these days if your country lost a battle. And they would take the spoils or the people of the country that lost, and you will either be a slave or a prostitute. Oh, I'm just... And if your father didn't want you and he left you on the street or he left you at the doorstep, remember, the father had all the power that if the if the father didn't like the child, they would sit the child at the father's feet. And if the father picked up the child, he accepted the child. But if he walked away, watch this. They took their baby and they set that baby outside. No words was given. Why? Because the father was in charge. And they would sit that child outside. And if it was a female, most of the time, she was sold into prostitution. 
If it was a male, he was most likely sold into slavery. You also became a slave if you owed a debt you could not pay. If you owed some money, they say you can just come on over here and work this off. But after you worked it off, you returned home. But this slave here are people that are slaves outside of their own might. Amen? Now let's look at what happened. Paul wants these slaves to be transformed in their minds. He says that you know you're slaves. But that's who you was before you took on Jesus. That's who you was before you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Because in the Bible it says that there will there are to be no longer slaves or free or Gentiles or men or female. He said that everybody is now a child of God. And he says that how can you now, after you've received Jesus, still call yourself to be slaves even though you are in the position of a slave? Now, I may be a slave physically, but spiritually, I am a child of God. And because I'm a slave physically, I have to respond as unto the Lord because that who is ultimately, I'm trying to please. Let's look at the mindset of these slaves. Last thing I'll do to describe a slave, it says a slave is someone that is legally owned by someone else whose lifestyle and purpose was determined by their master. You do know you don't talk back to your master. And actually, you don't talk to him first. You don't talk until you are asked to talk. And at any point in time, if the master had nothing for you to do and he wanted to have you killed, he could at the snap of his finger. Your very livelihood as a slave was determined by whatever the master wanted to do. Keep all of this in mind as Paul is encouraging these slaves how to respond to these masters that's mistreating them. First of all, Paul says there is a matter of our service. This is verse 5. Bond servants. There is a matter of our service. Basically, what makes your work matter? What makes your work matter? He says, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fearing and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ Jesus. First of all, you got to have the right behavior. This is, this is the matter. This is the, the actual matter. The first thing, when we serve, we got to have the right behavior. What was the right behavior? The right behavior is to obey. Right. Obey these masters. Do what they say. Because if you don't, not only will you displease God, but you will put yourself in a situation that your life could be cut short. Yeah. And then he says, not only control your behavior, he says, but with your behavior, it should come with fear and reverence. Mm -hmm. Pastor, what do you mean fear and reverence? It's not that I have fear and reverence to my earthly master. My fear and reverence go into my heavenly father. And because I love and I'm pleasing my heavenly father, I 
can respect you even though you're not treating me right. That's the right behavior. That's when he says that you can serve them without being terrified. You can serve them without being afraid. Well, let me go in here before they find me. Let me go in here before they write me up. No, see, all of that drives your service of your behavior should not be driven by how they treat you. And you should not respond to them whether you like them or not. You should be responding with a right behavior. Why? Because it's called for you to do what's right. And in reverence and fear. Why? As unto the Lord. First of all, you got to have the right behavior. Second of all, you got to have the right commitment. Pastor, where do you see the right commitment? In the King James Version, it says in single-mindedness of heart. I mean, singleness of heart. Yeah. Or in this text, it says with a sincere heart. You got to have the right commitment because you're, you won't have the right behavior if your commitment ain't right. right. If you already don't want to be there, I can promise you your behavior ain't right. Uh, see, sometimes when people not doing what they're supposed to do or their behavior ain't right, sometimes it ain't because they don't want to do it. It's probably because they don't have the right heart. You don't have the heart to do this. You're not committed all the way. See, to some people, this is a job when it should have always been a calling. And I always, especially when I used to speak at, 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 at University Health, mm -hmm. I used to tell people all the time, nursing was never intended to be a job. It was always a calling. It was a calling of humility. It was a calling of compassion. But what happened is, too many people went to the library in the 12th grade and went down to and grabbed that one book that talked about the jobs. You know, everybody know about that one book that got all the jobs in it. And that book that got all the jobs in it tells you how much all these jobs pay. And instead of you looking for what you was called to do, you went looking to what you wanted to be paid to do it. And so what happened is, we got so many people that are not called and not committed working. Yeah. With people that are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got to have the right behavior. Yeah. Which means I got to obey. And I got to do it the right way. Yeah. Then you got to have the right commitment. No. Look at what it says. Single hearted. Yeah. Why? Because no man can serve two masters. You only have one heart. So if you got one heart. Your one heart got to belong to one person. Love the Lord your God with all your body, soul, master. With all your heart. Correct? Amen. So how can you love the Lord with all your heart and yet love this other person? Without, no, God never tells you to love them as your ultimate master. He told you to obey them because of their current authority. Amen. <laughs> the right commitment. Watch this. Ooh, ah, see, the supervisor's going to write this down. Y'all going to say he's tomorrow to me. <laughs> a right commitment. A right commitment, when we talk about a manner of service, mm -hmm. what the service matters to you simply means it's a matter of the heart. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I said that to say the right commitment is a heart that's fixed on pleasing Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you got a person that's coming to work to get paid, that's why you're having so many problems out of them. Because their commitment level ain't right. And when their commitment ain't right, it shows up in their behavior. Yeah. 
And because it shows up in their behavior, their service don't matter. Okay, it's okay. Your matter of service, not only should you have a right behavior and a right commitment, but uh oh, you gotta have the right perspective. Pastor, what are you, what, where are you seeing is that? As unto the Lord. Okay, so I'm gonna read it straight through, then I'm gonna read it backwards. Is that okay? Now, if I stumble, just be patient with you, boy. Pregnant through it. My right behavior is the fact that I'm going to obey and serve with fear and reverence or respect. Now, let me, let, me, let me pause with this respect. Me and my wife was having this talk yesterday, and I figured that I need to say it today. Most of us live in the world, in this world, that says respect is given, respect is earned. You got you to gotta give me respect before I give it to you. That, that's why we never have it. Because that is improper and that is impossible. Where respect has always been a mutual, simultaneous exchange. And what happened is when both of us have respect, there is a way to eat off the respect. But you can't ask me to give you my respect while you measure my respect and to determine if I'm a respected while you withhold your respect. Which means respect is an act that has to be simultaneously exchanged at the exact same time. That's why you gotta have the right behavior. And the right behavior will be shown in your right commitment. What is the right commitment? The right commitment is the heart. A heart that is settled on pleasing God at the fullest. It is shown in our relationship. And when we have that, we'll have the right respect. I mean, the right perspective. The right perspective is saying, I do this because of the Lord. I do this because he has my heart. And I do this because I'm, I have the right behavior. Make sense? As unto the Lord. But before we go any further, can you pull that the scripture back up? The first scripture back up? Bond servants. Now, bond servants obey your earthly masters. Can, can we pause right there? Can everybody say earthly masters? Earthly masters. Does it say obey the good masters? No. <laughs> Does it say obey the masters that you friends with? No. 1 Peter 2 and 18 says, servants, be subject to to your masters with all respect, not only the good and gentle, but also the unjust. Uh oh. So you can't pick and choose which master you're going to serve, right or wrong. And you can't allow how you, how they treat you to determine how you serve them. Because, truth be told, you're not truly serving them. You are serving them as unto the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And the way that you, the way that they see that you are relationship driven is by the way you honor them and serve them like I'm serving the Lord. Why? Because I'm a child of God. You may call me a slave, but I'm no longer a slave. I may be a slave on this earth, but I'm a servant in the body. Yeah. That's all right. I need an icy or something. Let him use you, Pastor. <laughs> the heart I have is not just on the work, but the 
heart I have is on whom I'm working to please. Yeah. Some people just got a heart to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is my calling because it makes you feel so good when you do it. That's not what this is talking about. It should only, it should make you feel good to do what they ask you. It should make you feel good that you're doing it to please God. And when you do it to please God, and when you see God is pleased, it's then and only then we can say, now I feel good. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. It's the whole matter, as, as Steve Tebow would say. That's the whole matter. Now, number one, a work that pleases God, first of all, it's a matter of service, which means you got to have the right behavior, the right commitment, the right perspective. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond service of Christ, doing the will of God oh, from the heart. You got to have a diligence to our service. A sense of diligence. Pastor, what are you saying? Don't work because you think they're watching you. See, when your boss come, oh, boy, you get to talking loud and helping people and doing all the stuff you wouldn't normally do. When your boss come, you make sure you're being seen. You make sure everything is proper and, and you make sure you're speaking. Hello, Bob. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? You need some help over there. Hey, we're a team. I got spirit. How about you? Oh, we do all these things because we think. We are being watched by these people on earth, but we're doing that to gain favor. And then when they turn, uh, you know, see, when you leave, the real you show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when the supervisor is on the floor, boy, it's quiet. As my grandma said, you can hear a rat pee on cotton. It's so quiet. And then as soon as you walk off, the boy, they get the top. Yeah, yeah, because now all that work they was doing while you was there has now ceased because you're no longer there. The Bible is telling us now we do not work because people are watching to gain favor and then slap when they're not watching to get over. Can you really tell me that you not working while you on the clock pleases God? Actually, you still in time. Oh, I'm sorry. You know those people told you two 15-minute breaks? Not three 10-minute breaks. Well, it's still 30 minutes. That ain't the rule, though. Okay. If we truly are working as unto the Lord, at what point do you ever think he ain't watching? Because according to my Bible, he never sleeps, nor does he sleep. That's the type of God we serve. So whether my earthly master, master is watching or not, I know my heavenly master is on his job. And not only is he on his job, he's watching. And can I let you in on a secret? He ain't watching you from a distance. Yeah, you think your car empty, but he's sitting right in that seat going, you going to really listen to this? 
Yeah, he was right there in the bathroom stall with you when you sent that, that text that you shouldn't have sent. He's saying, he's looking over your shoulder going, you really going to send that? See, it's too many of us that respond and act and speak and do not like we think God is dead. I want to tell y'all right now, God is in this place. And I love that song when she says, I want to sing to you. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in this place. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. Have you ever thought about that when you worked? That God is right there beside you going, don't you take that shortcut. Don't you clock them in and they ain't here. Okay, let me stop. Because it's as unto the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's this, this sense of diligence that basically saying, I work the same way when ain't nobody watching. Jesus. Now, I just want to let you know that I work the way I work because Christ matters to me. Because, okay, let me let me re-say it. I work the way I work. Because how Christ look at my work matter to me. Yeah, yeah. I work the way I work, and I do what I do because I know. Okay, let me let me take a step back. What if the way you work or what you do when you serve, you have to show it to God first? Would you really give Him some of the stuff you've been doing? But did nobody see me? I'm a sing, I'm a blind copy some people on an email so they can circumvent the system and, and it just because you think they're just talking to you, they didn't blind copy all of these people. I'm trying to tell you, God is watching. And you got to offer what you are doing unto the Lord. I, I like what it says in Acts 10 when it says that this man's work came up as an offering unto the Lord. Can I let you know all your work come up as an offering? Amen. But not all of it gets received. Mm. Some of it get... <laughs> Can y'all see God? <laughs> God up there doing the Matumbo. Not in my house. See, I'm doing all this junk. I'm going to be sore when I get home. Your service isn't based, oh, I got that another one. Your service isn't based on how they treat you. Amen. Your service is based on your attitude towards doing God's will. Look at what the text says. Doing the will of God from the heart. Yeah. So if they ask you to do something that's not outside the will of God, mm -hmm. you should be doing it with a good attitude, with good behavior, yes. with good commitment. We should be doing it as unto the Lord. Well, such and such ain't doing it. That's not your issue. Why are they always that? That's not your issue. Your issue is the same issue Christ had when God sent Christ here. Christ said, I came here for one reason only. One reason and one reason only. And that was what? To do the will of my Father. Even if I got to wash some feet, I'm going to do the will. Even if I got to counsel my, my, my disciples, I'm going to do his will. Even if I got to pray and come down and find him sleep three times, I'm going to do his will. Even till I got to go to the cross, yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to do his will. He says, and, and Christ was so close to God, he is God, but he turned and said that when you hear me, you have heard the Father. Boy, I wish I had some people in here that when they say, when you see me work, you've seen God work. Woo! This is what Paul is trying to get the slaves to get it through their mind that you are, even though you are slave by citizenship, you are not still slave by eternity. You are children of God. You are no longer orphans or widows. You are children of God. Well, Pastor, they say I'm a slave. Do the will of God. Uh-oh. But where I got to do it from? From the heart. Once again, it goes back to that matter. Service is a matter of the heart. Can, what can you tell me that God is asking you to do that's not a matter of the heart? Tithing is a matter of the heart. Praising is a matter of the heart. I think the problem is too many of us come in here singing and ain't no heart in it. That's why I don't nothing change. That's why there is no transformation. And the whole point of the book is transformation. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, I wish I went in here by myself. And he's trying to transform the way Christians look at work. Woo! We're trying to transform. Okay. Let's look at verse 7. Now, mind you, I do want to let you know, even though we're doing verse 6, verse 7, this is all one sentence. It just got a whole lot of commas. Right? And I, I, I'm going to read it. Let's, let, let's go back to 6. And I'm going to read it all the way to the end of 7. It says, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7, rendering service with a good will. As to the Lord and not to man. So we got to have a, the proper attitude towards our service. Uh-oh. Pastor, what are you talking about? We got to have, we got to understand that there's a matter of the service, which means how, how, how you work should matter. How your work looks should matter. I, I remember my grandfather. Well, I'll say my uncle Archie. Um, I would go out and work. And he says, before you leave, you gotta make sure this work look like you. Yeah. Because you're not gonna be here when everybody else come and see this work. Mm -hmm. So when they come and see the work, they gotta say that that looked like some work you did. Yeah. Which means I had to make sure that my level of work mattered to me. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had to make sure that I was diligent in my service but what good is it to matter and is it to have diligence if your attitude towards your service isn't right? You know, I, I, I often told y'all the story that my grandma should make me, she used to always make me take out the trash, but I would do something bad to the dog on my way out there. I did. Okay, don't say that's me. It says, rendering your service with a good will yeah. as to the Lord 
and not to me. This is the attitude that we are to work and our work and our service are to be rendered to our earthly master as if it is going to be offered unto the Lord himself. We must be good. Now watch this. Our work must be good enough to show God. That's that attitude. That attitude of saying, you know what? I take what I do personal. Even if it's cleaning. Even if it's holding the door. Do it with honor. If it's picking up trash in a parking lot, do it with honor. If it's taking all the phone calls that your pastor called you and asked you to do, all this stuff, Tanya and Miss and, 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 and Jackie, all that stuff, do it as unto the Lord. Because if you do it because you love your pastor, God bless you, but I don't know if God's going to bless you. Because you're doing it to please the earthly man. And not the heavenly father. Now, if what you do pleases God, but it don't please me, I got a problem with God. If God tells you to do something and then somebody reject what God told you to do, that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Who is them? That's between them and God. We have to render our service with a, watch this, not just a will to do it. But a good will. You'll often hear in the Bible where it talks about a zeal. That zeal is that enthusiasm to serve people on behalf of God and give God the glory. So that people can see our good works and glorify our God which is in heaven. What am I trying to tell you? Our attitude, now watch this, this is the shift too. Because this is not to man, this is to God. So my question to you is, how many men are you trying to please? I just want to make sure you have, no, I promise you this. If you make sure God is happy, everything will be good between you and God. See, but you have people wanting to make sure that we ain't making people mad. All right, all right. And we're totally upsetting God. Now, my question to you are, my, my, my logos, my, my logic behind this would be saying, I would rather make sure God was good wow, yeah. or, let me take that back because he is good, I'll make sure God is pleased yeah. and you mad than me making sure you please because it is a horrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I don't want to walk up to God knowing I just disobeyed. Well, God, you told me to win that relationship, but he says, but you did it outside my will. And you do know that God is not obligated to bless us outside of his will for us. Amen. This inreach we do, it's about the man in the mirror. I'm asking you to change your ways. I'm asking you to take your level of service serious. I'm asking you to be accused of being a Christian by the way you surrender and submit and serve at work. Oh, I wonder what it looked like if some Christians showed up to work. If some Christians showed up on the job. It's some Christians. And, and, and how do I know? See, because you can't ask them because that's, that, that, that's a part of the human resource. You get, you get in trouble for that. But how do I know if they're a Christian? Why? 
Because they got the right commitment, the right heart, they got the right attitude, they got a good behavior, and they're not trying to please me. They're trying to please God. And you will see God's work show up. And you'll see his fingerprint on his servants. Why? Because these people and doing God's work and doing good will. See, that good will is not saying doing good will like one word, like good will to others. No, with a good will. Yeah. That's yeah. talking about your willingness to please God and not to please me. I know I'm a slave. Um, over here I am. But to God, I'm like, have you ever served in a way and measured how you served based on what God thought about you? Not based on who they call you at work, you know, VP, director, teacher, professor, um, supervisor, whatever. Yeah, all that's good, but none of that helps you in heaven. I want to be known as a worshiper. I want to be known as a child of God. I want to be known as someone that has Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to be known by my work and my desire to please God. Verse 8. Now we got a motive for our service. Amen? Knowing that whatever good anyone does, that he will receive back from the Lord. Uh oh Whatever good anyone does, mm -hmm. this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is he free. Okay, here we go. This is our motive for service. <laughs> now, our objective is to please God, but if you need a reason to, here you go. Look at what the text says. Now, the, the text says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, right? Mm -hmm. Colossians 3, verse 23 through 25 says this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there is no partiality. Okay. I said all that to say. This is not just talking about the good you do come back to you. This is saying the bad does too. And I know what you're saying. You know how people say, well, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. Well, that ain't that ain't true. And then we'll say, well, I ain't going to do good, but I ain't going to do bad. Well, let me help you. When you don't sow good, you sow zero. And sowing zero is sowing. Yeah. Right? So zero is a number, and that number has a value, but the value is just nothing. Yeah, yeah. See, but you think because I ain't doing nothing, I ain't going to get nothing. But God is saying when you don't do nothing, you're going to get nothing. And in the Bible it says that you reap exactly what you sow. You reap exactly after you sow, and you always reap more than you sow. So if you sow nothing, you are bound to get a bunch of nothing. But if you so good, he says, know this. Get this in your head. You know, today we call it karma. Well, if you do something to people, it's going to come back on you, man. Yeah, they call it karma today. I call it scripture. All right. 
The scripture says, you better know that whatever good anyone does, he will receive this. What will he receive? Whatever good it is. Right? Now, this is not the reason for you to do it. This should be encouragement that it or extra motivation to do it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So I'm not doing good so I can get good back. I'm ultimately doing good to please God. And in me pleasing God, God says, I'm going to get you back. And you got me back. God said, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he said it. But now look at who this is for. Whether you a slave, all free. Okay, yeah. who is this for? Oh, this for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So if we got the right heart and the right mind and the right commitment and the right diligence and the right attitude and the right posture and we're serving for the right reason, God says, I'll return that back to you. Yeah. I'll return it back to you. When you give out of your heart, God says, I'll make sure your heart is never empty. When you give, he'll say, I'll make, you know why? Because God says, okay, Pastor Utley, my friend, he probably watching, that's my, that's my um, Texas bishop, he called me his Louisiana pastor, so he called me a couple of weeks ago and said, man, God says, he, he said, I, didn't, I never understood why you closed the first church. He said, man, that church was healthy. People was coming, had money, like wasn't nobody fighting, but God says close the church. When I said we was going to close the church, they was, they was about to fight then. We don't get it. We don't understand. What are you talking about? Where are we going to go? All, all I knew is God told me to close it. Well, Pastor Lovely said that that had been concerning him, and it had been in his spirit for years. And he says God finally showed him a couple weeks ago. He says God wanted to know if he could trust you. So if you closed it when he told you to close it, now he's going to open one that you didn't open, see people that you didn't bring, build something that you didn't touch, and then expand your territory. God is just saying, for the good you did, no! I'll get you back. Yeah, that's good. I'm a living witness that if you just do good, not expecting anything in return, God is faithful. Yes, he is. He is faithful to just simply be God. Yes, he is. You gotta understand the law of the harvest when you serve. I already told you the law of the harvest. You will reap what you sow. If you sow good, watch this. And you will also reap how you sow. I forgot I need to add that one. You reap how you sow. Because it talked about if you give grudgingly. You will also receive grudgingly. Oh, but if you give out of the abundance of your... Oh, my goodness! So imagine if you gave out of generosity and abundance and excitement to help somebody. Imagine what your excitement looked back look like compared to what God's excitement looked like. Oh, help somebody. The little hundred dollars that I was happy to give ain't nothing compared to the doors God is about to open. And it may not even come back like you gave it because it can't come back like you gave it. It has to come back more than you gave it. So if we serve God, if we go to work and look like Christians, and we serve like the slaves we are, and the children we proclaim. God says, 
He says it will not be in vain. Now see, I know all the supervisors happy. Okay, let's read verse 9. There's also a reality in our service. Verse 9 says, masters, uh-oh, there's a shift. See, we've been talking to the slaves or the employees or the workers from verse 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, but not. Masters, supervisors, pastors, bosses, parents, anybody in charge. That's who we're talking to right now. Do the same to them. Stop threatening them. Stop, stop telling people, I'm going to fire you if you keep doing it. Stop threatening people and watch this. And treat them the same way God is asking them to behave. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's asking to, them to behave with a good heart, with full commitment, as unto the Lord. So you need to treat them with a good heart, full commitment, as unto the Lord. Yeah. You need to treat them like these are God's people, not your people. Because y'all yeah. don't belong to me. I'm just responsible for you. Yeah. And I got to remember that you belong to God. But at the end of the day, here's the reality. The reality of it is, in the world, we have positions. Yeah. But in the body, we're all the same. All right, all right. I'm no more important than you in the body. Yeah. That's why the Bible right here says that you got to know that he is the master over both. The slave and the master. The employee and the boss. The mama and the daddy. The children and the household. He is the master. And within him, there is no division. I don't know about you, but I'm just happy to know that in God, we all equal. Mm -hmm. That's why I have no room to judge. But I always have room to forgive. I always have time to serve. Why? Because we are the same in God. Paul is telling a quarter of this city of Ephesus. A quarter of them are slaves. And he's telling them, because they call you slaves, Slave is not what God called you. God has called you a child. Yes. A child of God. And there is an expectation for my children. So when you show up on the job site, they need to know that you are relationship driven. That you have a relationship driven service. Which simply means I am who I am because of who he is to me. Yeah. Can you filter your responses and your actions? who God is to you. I serve you because he's my father. I give to you because he's my provider. I pray for you because he's my healer. Relationship driven service. I like what it says in, in Genesis where it says for the for the bad, for, for, for what you did, you meant, it, you meant for it to be my bad, but God meant it for my... No matter what they do behind your back, it's not your, it's not your position. You don't have to be McGruff the crime dog and sneaking around to see who's, who's, who's plotting against you. Why? Because I just told you that God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. He heard them plotting. That's why he protected you. You don't know why you didn't go to work today. But God says, I had to 
keep you home because I know it's going to be some foolishness happening up there today. When God be for us, who would dare to stand against a child of God? I am relationship driven. Everything I do stems from my relationship with God. The way that I love you stems from the way I love him. The way I sacrifice for you is dependent on, depicted and based on how he has sacrificed for me. The way that I forgive you time after time after time is based on the fact of how he's forgiven me time after time after time. The way I lay my life down on the line for y'all. I said what I said and I meant what I said Sunday. I don't do what I do to please me. I do what I do to please God. I do what I do to, to make sure my wife and my child will say, I'm honored to call you father and husband. Well, the church members don't have to give a disclaimer when they say that's my pastor. I keep all of that in the forefront. And I know I've not always done right. But I can tell you I've always served with the whole heart. You may not see me hurt. You may not see me cry. But I serve with a commitment to God. Because I'm relationship driven. I'm relationship driven. I'll wash your feet. Just come on, I'll wash your feet. I'll wash the trash cans. I'll pick up in the parking lot. You know why? I'm relationship driven. Because I was some trash that somebody threw away that God picked up. That's perfect. He's everything to me. He's everything to me. He's my joy and sorrow. Woo! He's my hope for tomorrow. He's everything to me. Can anybody in here, do, do you mind just getting to your feet and just tell God, God, you're everything to me. You are the reason why I breathe. You're the reason why I have my meat, my, 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 my girth. You're the reason why I have my feet. God, you're everything to me. Everything. Yes, yes, yeah. You're everything to me. everything to me. you everything to me. you everything to me. God, welcome. Oh, God, it's a miracle in this place. God, use us as your miracle. God, send us out. Send us out as your light into the workforces. So when everybody else is falling apart, we aren't because we love you. Because our relationship with you. Thank you for healing, God, because our relationship with you. God, you're everything to me. Nothing else matters, God. You are everything to me.
you, thank you, God. 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 God, you are everything we do. We come together because of you, God. We worship because of you, God. We praise because of you, God. God, we give because of you, God. We live because of you, God. You are everything. For without you, there will be nothing. Oh, God, I love you. Church. This is for membership. 
Whether you're at home tuning in or whether you're here, this is your opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ. Oh, let me be the first to welcome you to Logos and Life Community Church. But we believe if we reach one, teach one, love one, and grow one, that we can become family. We won't abandon one or judge one. We'll simply love you through it. My shirt says it all. I love my church. But I love my God. Way more than I love a building. I love my God. done as the Lord has commanded. There's still room. You can be seated if you can. Oh my goodness. You better be ready. Don't come in here without expectation. Don't come in here without a desire to be better for God. Don't come in here without a desire to grow. A desire to see God. A desire to see grace. A desire to give. A desire to see growth. And a desire to have gratitude in doing it all. That's why we're here. Okay, can we give the Lord? Hello again, this is Faith. Thank you so much for allowing us to share the Word of God with you today. But if you would like to witness a live presentation of the Word of God, join us Sunday mornings at 1045 at the Logos and Life Community Church, 8805 Juwella Avenue, Suite 121 in Shreveport, Louisiana. And again, we say thank you. And we pray that the Word you received was a blessing and an enhancement to your life. And may God continue to bless you. This is our prayer.